Welcome to the Blissing Out Podcast. I'm so grateful you are here and I know you were brought here for a reason. My name is Katie Benford and my intention with this podcast is to help you reframe your limiting beliefs, regain your confidence, restructure your daily habits and identities so you can attract more success, love, wealth, and freedom into your life. I'm a certified NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, manifestation and success coach, and it's my soul's mission to help you step into the most blissed out version of yourself. So think of this podcast as your weekly dose of manifestation tips, mindset and perspective shifts with some spirituality and productivity sprinkled into. I'm so happy to be here with you to help you on the journey to your most fulfilled version of yourself. Thank you so much for pressing play today and let's create some bliss together. Hello, my beautiful babes. I am so happy to be here back on the Blissing Out podcast. Today, I am talking with Rachel Hunter. Rachel Hunter is a corporate dropout, multiple business owner, and work-life balance expert. She is a single mother of two little girls whom she is an at-home learning coach to. Aside from business, Rachel is passionate about sharing her personal healing journey, finding balance within, and non-negotiables. And I'm telling you right now that this podcast episode is um, very powerful, especially given the current climate of what we're in right now with COVID and just hitting the one-year mark of all of the shutdowns and um, just having COVID enter our normal lives and kind of just turning them upside down for the most part. So this episode is very, very powerful. I learned a lot about, you know, recognizing the first signs of burnout and what to do when you actually do reach burnout and how to kind of get yourself back on track and back into alignment with your why you're doing something and, you know, making sure that 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 is at the basis of whatever it is that you're doing is that why and the emotional connection behind why you're doing something. Um, We also talked about, you know, goal setting and, and learning how to collapse timelines in manifestation We talked about, um, you know, mindfulness and practicing self-care. We talked about goal setting. This, This episode is very powerful and very important to me because I am so grateful that I get connected with such beautiful souls like Rachel and, and really hearing, you know, her expertise on, on her entrepreneurship journey, um, as she's been an entrepreneur for about 15 years. So me being just in the first year of my business, hearing from her perspective is just so powerful and I'm so grateful that her and I got connected and, you know, we're able to put out this episode for you. So I hope you guys enjoy and spread light. All right, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on to the Blissing Out podcast. How are you today? I'm wonderful. I had a great detox this whole morning and I feel really good. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so great. I'm so happy that you are here and we are going to be having such a great conversation on work-life balance and mindfulness and everything in between. So um, just for everyone who is listening who may not be familiar with you, can you do like a little intro of what you do, who you help, and kind of how you got started with everything? Absolutely. I'd be delighted to. Perfect. Um, my name is Rachel Hunter, and I have many roles like a lot of people. I've got uh, two little girls. I'm a learning coach. We're in our third year of online school. I own a retail company. We are in the online space. And then I'm grateful enough to be able to teach other entrepreneurs how to have work-life balance while growing a profitable online business. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love self-care. 
I'm a huge advocate for taking time for yourself so that you can avoid things like burnout. And, you know, my journey has been long. Like it's been a long journey. I've lived a lot of different lives. Um, I started my first business in my twenties and, uh, we turned in 35 this year. So I'm going on 15 years of being an entrepreneur and it hasn't always been glamorous. Um, it's been crazy at a lot of times and, you know, having all of the different hats and roles that we wear, it's been necessity for me to have something to get me through the chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so interesting because I'm in my first year, like I'll, I'll, it'll be one year for me being an entrepreneur in, I think a month actually is when I actually bought my first LLC and yeah, so it's been a year and I, I love it. Like, it's just a great, it's a great feeling to have something that you've built from the ground up, you know? Um, so this is going to be really interesting for me and not only for just me, but like the listeners too, because I feel like a lot of my listeners are not as far along in their journey of being an entrepreneur. So you having 15 experiences or 15 years of experience is going to be just great. So, um, you talked about a little bit about a retail store. What is, can you tell me a little bit more about that? That's so cool. It's pretty interesting. So it's not like a storefront. Mm -hmm. uh, what we do is we actually set up at local markets in um, South Carolina, where I live. Okay. And we sell cell phone accessories and self-defense weapons. Oh and, my gosh, that's so cool. Uh, it's been a really interesting journey. We started with selling cell phones and doing prepaid cell phone service. Yeah. And then as a gag, we got these, um, they're stun guns, yeah. except it looks just like a cell phone. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I've seen those, I feel like. I feel it like I've seen those. We love this. So we're like, let's get some more. Yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, that's really cool. And especially in today's society, I feel like, you know, like those types of self-defense things are so important for women today, um, just mm -hmm. to feel safer and have that sense of security for sure. Um, yes. Yeah. So, and, and you were at one point in the corporate world, correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, I had my business going, everything was going well with the retail company mm -hmm. and, um, I had some health issues, um, after I had my last daughter and I had surgery and got better. I felt mm -hmm. so much better. Yeah. Um, and I bought into a reverse franchise with a financial firm and I ended up opening three offices in three years and it was, you know, mostly glamorous and wonderful and fun. Mm -hmm. I just never saw my kids. Yeah. That's hard. That's got to be difficult because I feel like, you know, especially, I don't know how, what, how old your kids are, but if they were in that younger age, like those are the most, I don't have kids, but from what I've heard, it's, um, those are the most important years to where it, it's just very de developmental and, and being there is very fun to see them at that age. So, and it, is that when you kind of decided like, this isn't for me, I really want to begin um, creating my own business so I have more time with my family? Well, it's really interesting you said that those developmental years are important. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, the story that I was telling myself was that it's better that you do this now, Rachel, because they won't remember. Okay. It's better that you're doing this now so that, you know, you can be living your dream life. Mm -hmm. um, and I did that for, um, that's about four years, three and a half, four years. I did that. And one day my daughter came to me, she was five at a time, and she said, Mommy, Sometimes I feel like I've got two moms and she was talking about me uh -huh. and the children. Oh, okay. 
now it's like, well, bump this. This is not for me. This is not the life that I signed up for. You know, I was doing all of this work to, you know, build a dream life for us. And it was really materialistic at the time, you know, the house, the car, the the vacation, the trips, like all this like super fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so within a month I had closed my office. Mm -hmm. I was in downtown, like (laughs) the tallest building in South Carolina where I live. I had an office there and I closed it. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you know, I want to create a life mm-hmm. that lights me up. I want to live a life that I can be present with my children. Yes. And so, um, you know, I experienced burnout big time, mm-hmm. um, going through that phase and that transition. And, um, that was in 2018. Okay. And you've just been on your journey ever since then, basically. Right. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Congratulations. Cause that's an amazing story. Um, you did say something about materialistic things and that was kind of, was that like the main driver at first? And then, because for me, I mean that I feel like for many entrepreneurs, it's like, that is something that's at the forefront of our minds because we see it all day, every day. And so it can be really easy to be, um, going after those things instead of going after the fulfillment or the joy or the freedom, uh, which I help my clients as well with because I feel like sometimes the motivation behind why you want to start a business can be materialistic. Um, but I feel like the, the further I get into my own journey, the more I'm seeing that it's actually about the, the fulfillment and it's about the freedom. Um, so can you speak a little bit on that and, and how you kind of made the, the shift to focusing on the family aspect and the freedom? Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> A lot of people, you know, and this is great that you're bringing this up because entrepreneurs, they like, you know, I want to, just for example, I, I had a conversation yesterday and um, he was telling me about, um, you know, he wants to have multiple businesses mm-hmm. and accomplish these certain milestones in his business. And I said, that's great. Mm-hmm. What happens when you get there? Yeah. And what I learned is that having an emotional connection mm-hmm. to your why and like, if you've been in business for a while or done any business coaching, you know that your why is important. Mm-hmm. However, the whys that we have usually in the beginning are just, I want a bigger house mm-hmm. or I want to go on this vacation instead of going on this vacation, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And having an emotional connection because anybody can earn money. Right. Like you can, you can probably walk outside and start earning money. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with that money? So it's not the money itself. It's what is that money going to allow you to do? Mm -hmm. And who does that money allow you to be? Right. Okay. So if you want time freedom, what does that time freedom look like for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're getting very specific about it. Right. And that's, and that's something that I also, you know, I feel like our subconscious mind is constantly going to be seeking more as I'm sure, you know, like once we reach a new level, it's going to be like, okay, done, check off that list. And, and, you know, now I'm moving on to the next goal. And so when we do get those materialistic things, like you said, it's like, what is the emotional attachment to those things? And who, who will that help you be? Because you, you should not be putting happiness Um, and attaching it to, you know, a Chanel bag or a Porsche or a big house, you know? Um, And I feel like that is a misstep that a lot of newer entrepreneurs, including myself, because I did that too in my very, you know, beginning stages. And I feel like it is a misstep because your happiness shouldn't be attached to anything. It should be coming from within. Um, And that is so true about the emotional attachment to your why. And I, when I was talking to you before when we had scheduled this podcast and I was like, I don't feel aligned. You're like, 
why, why do you want to do this? You know, like you were helping me through that too. So, and it's such an, a powerful thing when you do have, okay, I'm doing this because I want the freedom for my family. I want to influence other people to also have the freedom for their family, or I want to impact the world in some positive way. Um, it does make it bigger about, or bigger than you. So I feel like that's definitely, um, very powerful. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, so in terms of work-life balance, because I know you are an expert on that, are you, or do you see, um, beginning stages of what burnout might look like in terms of, you know, just not being able to balance all of the craziness? Yeah. Um, the beginning stages of burnout usually happens when you say yes mm -hmm. and you don't want to say yes. Ooh. So like on the inside, you're like, I don't want to do this, but I'm saying yes anyways. That is so Ooh. good. It's so true. You're saying yes too many times. Okay. Um, burnout happens usually when your sleep starts to be affected. Mm -hmm. So if you're having um, erratic sleep patterns, mm -hmm. you're not getting quality sleep. Yes. Um, usually you're overthinking. Mm -hmm. And when you're overthinking, you're burning up a lot of energy. Yes. That's so true. Especially that I'm learning, I'm currently in a phase of life where I am doing my best to not say yes to things that don't light me up. And, and not saying a half-hearted, okay, I guess I'll do this. I want it, I want it to be like a hell yeah, I'm doing this because I, it truly feels fully aligned and, and, and I'm embody that alignment, you know, so to where I feel positive about it. Um, and I, I do see that happening in a lot of my clients saying, you know, well, I just, I feel like I can't say no to anyone. And it's like, but why, who are you, who, where is the void that you're trying to fill with saying yes to everything? In my opinion, I feel like it's always, for me at least, it's been I need to show someone that I'm capable of something or, you know, that I can do something that that comes from worthiness ultimately for me that I go back to and try to work on. So the beginning stages of you, yeah, like saying yes to something that you really don't want to say yes to is very interesting. And I didn't think about it like that, but I definitely am going to now. <laughs> so um, would you say that you have any specific tips on saying no to people like they're saying no to things that you know and, and being able to stand in your power in that <laughs> while you're saying what you're saying and yeah. walking through your journey and your process like a thought came to me that um we say yes because we don't know how to say no True. it's easier to say yes mm -hmm. than it is to say no because when you say no you can create tension you can create an outcome that is potentially hazardous for you by saying no yeah you know when you have two people that come together, no matter what the relationship is, mm -hmm. they have their dynamic and you have theirs. Right. They have their background and upbringing and you have yours. Yep. And if they're not aligned, there's going to be friction. So the best way that you can say no mm -hmm. is to do it quickly. Okay. So no hesitation. Right. Decide really quickly, tune into your body. Is this for me or is this not for me? And it's either a fuck yes or a fuck no. Yes, 100%. I love that. Really quickly about, you know, just making a decision mm -hmm. and um, saying, I'm unavailable for this. Yeah. And doing it in a way that you're not giving an excuse. You're not explaining yourself because you don't need to explain yourself to anybody. Right. 
you know, to make excuses for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if somebody asks me to do something, I, I'll just say, at this time, I'm unavailable for that. That's such a good answer. And it's so just, it doesn't make it about them. It doesn't make it about the experience. It just makes it about your energy levels and your availability for the said thing, whatever it is, which is very powerful because I've, I've been a people pleaser, which I know is not a good thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm always like, oh, I don't want to hurt these, this person's feelings and I just want everyone to be happy, but then I'm suffering and I'm not happy. And it comes from, for me, prioritizing my, my inner peace and my well-being over feeling the need to you know, validate somebody because I can't say no or, you know, something like that. So that is a very powerful thing. And, and for me, I've also learned that just for anyone listening, energetically, you can be unavailable for things. It's not physically or mentally, but like energetically, it could just not be in alignment with the energy that you're trying to withhold or even just, you know, the energy that you really want to put things into, I guess, and and having that be unavailable for your energy is very powerful. I think so. Correct. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, if you, you know, when it does come down to, you said something about tuning into your body and really feeling out, is this something for me or is this something not for me? Um, do you have any tricks for that? Like how people can really begin to trust their first instinct instead of going back and forth between the ego and the intuition, you know, like really trusting that. Well, when you're making a quick decision, uh, you want to feel if you're making it from your gut mm-hmm. and your heart versus mm-hmm. your brain. Yes. Like logically or intuitively. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So like when you can feel, what does it feel like? So like if you do you take a little bit of time to consider if that is for you or not, you know, um, if you can get into a quiet space, like I've literally... I've been in a restaurant, somebody's inviting me to go do something and I wasn't sure because there was a lot of commotion and I would quietly go to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. take a moment, just drop into myself and say, is this in my greater good? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, there's a question, there's a few questions that I ask myself when I am making decisions and what I've told people, you know, listening to the podcast that um, I ask, what would my most successful self do in this situation? Or what would the version of myself who truly is in alignment and who loves herself, what would she do in this situation? Would she say yes or no? Um, and that's it's very powerful to take those five, ten minutes to really feel into your body and see, is this something that's going to benefit me long term? Is this something that's going to truly bring joy to my life or is it not? Um, and that's I've been doing that for a couple months now and I feel like it has really helped my decision-making process I'm very indecisive typically, but it's helped me kind of rule out some of that indecisiveness and really just, you know, do what feels most aligned, um, which is very helpful. Um, Just a few other things here that you have that I want to talk about. Um, Self-care and self-love. What are your, you know, what was your journey with self-care and self-love? What does that look like? And, you know, from there, if you want to go into how people can prioritize it into their daily practice or their monthly practice, anything like that. (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. Um, Okay. Self-care and self-love for me has been my cornerstone, has been like 
the keystone. So it's been like the thing, the center. Because at one point in time, I didn't have appreciation for myself. I didn't love my body. Mm -hmm. I shied away from being seen. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel worthy of being heard. So like, even though I was showing up in those aspects of my life, I never felt like I was worthy of it. Mm-hmm. And once I experienced burnout and um, went through that, like it really started my self-love and healing journey. Mm-hmm. I started a, a self-healing journey, uh, you know, like probably the same month that I closed my office mm-hmm. and I prioritized sleep. Mm-hmm. I super huge prioritized sleep. Mm-hmm. I prioritized access that people have to me. And I uh, limited myself to certain things like being alone. Okay. One of the hugest things that I've had to overcome through my self-love and healing journey is being comfortable by being alone. Yes. And knowing that it's safe to be alone, Mm -hmm. that that time by myself is helping me to grow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, from those long... So my first, the first, first business that I started was a mobile day spa business. So, um, when I was in my twenties, I started a mobile day spa business Mm -hmm. and we did in home and in office spa retreats. So so cool. Skincare has been a huge part of my self care, Mm -hmm. uh, as baths. So like that's something that's been a part of me for a while. However, what I learned with going through my self care journey, like you can't take too many baths. (laughs) I love uh, baths too. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, can I take three baths? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I last year during COVID, probably about this time last year, I started working with an energetic healer, mm-hmm. which has also been instrumental in my growth and my self-healing journey. And she's like, yeah, you know, you can take um, some salt baths. I'm like, oh, well, I take baths every week. I take like a, I take a bath a week. Yeah. She's like, she's like, what does it look like for you to do more? what does it look like for you to take four and five baths a week? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. What was the <laughs> reasoning? Yeah. <laughs> like what was her reasoning behind why she was saying that? Just as a relaxation technique or? So doing this, the salt baths, one, it's detoxifying for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an empath, which I am, and I think that you are as yes, well. Absolutely. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. As an empath, we pick up on a lot. Yes. We're more susceptible to different energies mm-hmm. and our body absorbs them more. Right. So by prioritizing things like self-care and those salt baths, you're detoxifying those energies from your body. You're mm-hmm. relaxing your muscles. You're connecting to the elements of earth. Mm -hmm. You're connecting to the elements of water. Yes. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something that you can do to show yourself that I love you. Yes. Yeah. That you're. Yeah. And that's, so I'm, I take a bath like a day. Honestly, I really do. I love, even if I shower in the morning, I'll still take like a evening bath because I just love that time sitting and I'm a water sign too. So I feel like being a water sign, I'm like, I just love being in the water. And, um, I like what you said about just connecting with the earth and connecting with yourself during that time is so important and imperative for our mental health. And I am, I'm a huge proponent that baths are honestly, it's such a weird tool to have, but people don't realize that it is a very, very, instrumental tool to have in your tool belt for self-care 
I feel like. And sometimes I'll even take, <laughs> sounds so funny, but I'll even take like my crystals and my Palo Santo and, you know, you too. Same. Yes. Same. I love that. It's and that's my crystals. Yes. I'm like, I put my crystals like right on the edge or sometimes I'll even put a quartz like in the water with me. And it, like, I, I'm like so big on believing that water can be infused with certain things. Like if you're thinking positive thoughts into your water and then drinking it, um, I believe that that is such a, that's something that I actually started doing on my first self-care. Um, cause yeah. you mentioned something about struggling with body image and str- struggling with loving your body as it is, which I have struggled with as I'm sure many, yeah. if not all women have struggled with that at some point and men. I mean, I feel like everyone does in today's society. So I started by doing that and really infusing my water. I had like a cup of water that I just sit there and infuse positive thoughts into and start drinking it every day. And it's very powerful. Yeah. So um, when you, you've talked a lot about uh, just different, different practices of mindfulness. So, and just really, you've said, I've heard you say quite a few times about connecting with yourself and connecting with your body. Um, Do you meditate at all? Or do you do anything like that to where it's just a moment for where you just sit and connect? Yeah, uh, meditation uh, was something that got me through COVID. Okay. You know, for I think I meditated for like ninety days every day. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, and it helped me to not meditation. Not only helps you to reduce mental clutter. Yeah. It helps you to um, come back to the moment in the present. Yes. You know, because our minds they never stop working. Like we can be sitting there doing nothing, yet our mind it's still working. It's still running our body. Mm-hmm. And when you can focus that attention onto like a certain moment in time, it brings you into the present moment. And as you know, being in the present moment is manifesta- manifestation. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I tell everyone that, you know, follows me on Instagram or even the podcast or clients, potential clients, even it's when you are either living for, cause I'm huge on quantum physics. So like if you're either living for the future or the past, you no longer exist in the quantum field. You're just living for your past self or your future self. And you cut yourself off from the element of universal surprise, which is the most beautiful thing. And that exists in the present moment. Um, And so, but people do get confused. So maybe you can clarify when you are working towards a goal, because I know you're big on goal setting as well. How do you stay present but you continue to look towards the future and, you know, cause obviously your goal is going to be put in the future. So how would you say that you can remain present while still working towards that goal? Yeah. One thing that really helps with that is eliminating timelines. Okay. And a lot, and this is something for entrepreneurs specifically is, um, they're in a certain phase, yet what their goal is, mm-hmm. they're working about 17 steps ahead of themselves where they are. Right. And so staying on your current timeline mm-hmm. of what is next in front of you, what is your next step? Yes. And, and um, you know, having that process that, okay, you have the intention, you have the expectation, and you're detaching from the outcome. Okay. Gosh, that's so powerful. Because that's also how, like, in manifestation, as you know, it's, you know, you gotta, you have to, it's such a paradox and people get so confused. I got so confused when I really started into manifestation. It's, you have to be okay with not having your desire while also knowing that it's already yours. 
And, but you also have to detach from the how and you have to detach from ultimately the outcome of how this comes to you. Um, and I do believe that remaining present and neutral is one of the biggest, you know, tactics that I've used to really detach from how things happen or the outcome of, of, of something. Um, and, and the timeline elimination that you spoke on, it's, it's interesting because you hear so many conflicting things out there, right? Like you hear that you shouldn't set a time or you shouldn't set a time frame for your goal or you should. And for me, I feel like when you do set, okay, by July, 2021, I'm going to have 10 K months or whatever it may be. When you do that, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, obviously, but I feel like at that point, like you said, you're going to have 17 different steps in front of you, but you really just need to start with that one, that first baby step, because that's ultimately what's going to get you there to the 17th step. Um, and I'm curious, do you ever talk about, um, like reverse engineering your goals? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's so helpful. Like when you can look at it from like, okay, what's the last step before that goal actually manifests or what's the last step right before that goal manifests and then going back, you know, and, and figuring out the goals prior to that or the steps prior to that, to get to that goal. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting because even with, as you know, like with the quantum and everything, and mm-hmm. you've got all these multiple timelines. Yes, there are multiple paths that you can take at any given time. Right. And if, for example, right now, the last time I set my ninety day goals, which was in March, at the first of March, I set the ninety day goals, mm-hmm. and so I got my ninety day goal set. And then as I've been going down my timelines, I'm finding new things that I need to be doing sooner. Okay. And so like being flexible that you set your intentions, you have what you ultimately want Mm -hmm. and then realizing that things may come up that may shift you. Right. Right. And feeling into your intention of which shifts do you go into Mm -hmm. making that decision? Well, right. And I feel like people do get, you know, I've, and myself, I'm guilty of this too, is when I do set an intention and I have a timeline that I'm trying to work on and something does pop up that's not in the plan, Mm. I can become derailed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this wasn't in the plan. But for me, I really started to lean into, okay, obviously the universe is trying to give me more lessons and more growth through this timeline and, and having this either roadblock or detour come up. I feel like there's just an opportunity for more, um, lessons and growth in that when you remain present in that and instead of kind of freaking out and being like how is this going to look in the future if you just remain present that's when you're going to get the the growth ultimately I feel like so yeah really, a really good mantra is I detach myself from the outcomes and energies of the here and now oh my gosh that's so powerful I love I that myself from the outcomes and energies of the here and now that is so and powerful just, and I'm like you can literally visualize You've got the outcome. Yeah. You, you can see it very clearly. Yes. And then to, I just imagine that a piece of that energy is like a piece of light is being pulled out of it. Yeah. And it's detaching from it. Yeah. I think detachment is one of the hardest things, is, um, you know, in the human experience because mm. we think we know all at some point, you know, we're like, I know what's going to happen, but ultimately universal intelligence is much more further along than we are and sees things that we can't see, you know, happening in the background or why things happen a certain way. Um, I, I definitely, there's a quote that I love too, that I'll share with you. It's um, the dots don't connect looking forward, but they always connect looking back. 
And Mm -hmm. that's my friend Ida gave that to me. And I've used it in so many different instances over the last couple of years, you know, since she told me that. And it always remains true, which is crazy. A good one. Yeah. So I know here you have a little bit more um, of like the things that you really specialize in. And one huge one for me is gratitude. Um, Mm -hmm. And really, you know, I think within the coaching community and the online space gratitude, it can be, it's a double-edged sword for me, in my opinion, because I feel like people say, if you're just grateful, you're going to, you know, everything is going to work out in your life. And if, you know, a lot of the basis of law of attraction manifestation is that very simplified version of just remaining positive and grateful. But Uh how do you kind of take that even a step further and understanding what gratitude truly is and and how you can actually cultivate those feelings on a daily basis without, you know, falling into that like toxic positivity or anything like that. That's a really great question, Katie. You're so good. You're good at these questions. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay. Um, so gratitude is a practice Mm -hmm. and it's a feeling. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people that are in the metaphysical space or even the leadership development space, um, they use affirmations. They believe in affirmations. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've used affirmations since I started on my leadership journey. And what I found was I was using affirmations that were for other people and they weren't for me or my current timeline. Okay. And I was using that, um, alf- affirmations that like, just like you said, um, that you are falsely positive, that you are having this mindset of positivity. So it's like, I believe blah, 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 blah. And like in your heart, you're like, this is never going to fucking happen. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Yes. Disconnect. So one thing that's really, really helpful is having affirmations and mantras that are for you that you, number one, you believe it and you feel it Mm -hmm. to be true. Even though it may not be possible at that moment or present at the moment, Mm -hmm. believing and feeling that, that, that one, it's resonation. The words are resonating with you. Right. Yeah. And also having a gratitude journal. Okay. So aside from my regular journal that I set daily intentions in Mm -hmm. and just write down any thoughts in, I have a journal specifically for gratitude, mm-hmm. specifically for showing gratitude for things that I'm grateful for. And, you know, with, you can do the timeline collapse um, through this as well. Yes. And, you know, past, present, future mm-hmm. and collapse the timeline of yeah. manifestation. Yep. Um, the journal is super helpful for that. Yeah. And that's uh, honestly, a um, few years ago, I went through a breakup and I, that's when I kind of got, I had been into manifestation from a younger age, but I lost touch with it when I went through that relationship. Um, but after I got out of that relationship, I really started to do, I even just had it in my phone. I had a little note um, that I would write down five things that I was grateful for morning and night. And I know it sounds like such a cliched technique, but it is cliched because it works. And that's something that I used at the very beginning of my journey. And I just feel like it does help you get into, it helps your mind get into the habit of focusing on what's great instead of focusing on what's not there. And that's what I tell a lot of people who are just starting out in the, you know, self-development journey or the leadership journey. Like you said, gratitude is, is at the basis of everything. And I had a very powerful moment not too long ago where 
I was realizing that affirmations are such powerful tools, but they, like you said, they have to be in alignment. What you're saying has to be in alignment with what you believe to be true already. So that doesn't mean that you, you know, say negative things about yourself if you do believe that there are negative things. But saying things like, I'm in the process of loving myself. I'm in the process of becoming, you know, my goal weight or whatever it is that you're trying to manifest. And that's what I, like, using those buffer words are so helpful. So I love that you said it needs to be in alignment um, with how you're feeling and what you believe. Because otherwise, they're just a conscious tool that isn't going to be accepted, which is very interesting. Um, Yeah, I love that. I love that. I use it every day I'm in the process of yeah I'm in the process of learning to trust the process like (laughs) yeah yeah and honestly like your mind can't be like this isn't true like it's gonna be like technically that could be true like you know it's not that's that that's the trick too it's like it could be true but it could not be so um I wanted to ask you one thing uh one last thing here that you have that you were you know saying that you can discuss which I was a little bit intrigued by um automated systems Do you mean, um, from a business standpoint, like, is that how you kind of maintain, you know, or are you thinking, are you talking more like mentally automated systems? Because I I feel like that can mean two different things. There can be both really. So, Mm -hmm. you know, automated systems, as far as business go, um, allows entrepreneurs to have that time freedom. So it's like, your dream goal is time freedom. Okay, what do you need to do so you can have time freedom? Mm-hmm. And automated systems is one of those things. Right. So we'll put systems in place that will basically run in the background yeah. and happen for you. Mm-hmm. And you can be doing other things. Yeah. And automated systems for personal use looks like um, having a system for when triggers come up. Ooh, okay. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? So we get triggered by something. We all have triggers, you know, from past experiences, from past traumas. And, you know, when we have those triggers come up, before we go down that spiral, that downward spiral, Mm -hmm. um, taking a moment and say, ooh, I have just been triggered. And now I need to work through these steps to get back on track, to navigate around that um, before I go into a deep, dark place. Yes. And it's personal for what is working for you. Um, for the triggers, um, for me, one of my personal trigger practices is change my state, yep. remove, you know, remove myself from the situation, energetically just change my state, change mm-hmm. my movement, and um, ask myself, why am I being triggered? Yep. What is triggering me? Mm-hmm. How is it making me feel? Mm-hmm. And you can journal it out and you can write it out, write down your feeling and process I was having a conversation. Um, I'm working on a project that I believe that men um, can really use more balance mm-hmm. with femininity and masculinity. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working on a project that um, is building those practices for men and that we were talking about journaling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the preconceived misconception about journaling is Dear diary, <laughs> today was just the most glorious day. You know, it's very feminine. It's considered very girly. It is. And so yeah. for men thinking about journaling, they're like, I can't do that, right? Like, yeah. Men are conditioned to not show their feelings. Right. Men are conditioned to know it's not safe to cry. Mm-hmm. That if you cry, you're feminine or girly or weak, mm-hmm. right? Yep. However, that is not the case. And I truly believe 
that men have a lot of room that they can improve Mm -hmm. their life and their relationship with themselves by having these things. And journaling is one of those things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that, I mean, it's just the feminine and masculine energy. I feel like there's so many misconceptions around that. And for me personally, I, when I do reach burnout, I realize that I've been living from a very masculine, energetic perspective. Like I've been hustling and working, 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 not taking any time to connect with my emotions. I'm just kind of like stuffing everything down to get a certain project done. Um, And so do you have anything that can help people really, or what do you have that would be able to help people balance the two? Um, I know that, you know, self-care falls into femininity and the feminine energies and masculine is more about, you know, planning and the logical, you know, side of everything that you're doing. So do you have any ways that people can balance those, you know, throughout their days? Mm-hmm. Uh, deciding who you need to be, mm-hmm. because there are times that we need to pull in those masculine energies, like you said, on deadlines, that we yes. pull in those um, masculine uh things that will assist us. Mm-hmm. And then there are times that we need to bring in the feminine energies as well. Um, self-care relaxation. So, you know, when you are in that time frame and mindset that you need to be getting stuff done, who do you need to be mm-hmm. to get that done? So, you know, Katie's on a deadline. Okay. I need to be a uh, focused, mm-hmm. determined and gracious yes. woman of action. Mm-hmm. So you're still having your identity as a woman. However, you can pull in those masculine traits mm-hmm. and those masculine masculine abilities to assist you at that time. Right. And then just pulling in your, your internal resources that you have that do fall under those like perseverance and, you know, being relentless and, and really getting things done to help you ass- or assist you. Like you said, um, I just think there's so much confusion around masculine and feminine energies that men can only have masculine or women can only have feminine. But the truth about entrepreneurship and uh, specifically women entrepreneurs, I feel like they typically tend to fall, especially in the beginning phases, under that masculine energy. And, you know, we are women, so we do need to have that that flow and that, you know, enjoyment of life as well and really be able to pull those those experiences towards us to remain neutral and not get burnt out is what I've learned over the last two months. As you know, we've talked about it. So it's definitely, you know, an interesting thing, but, um, thank you so much for, you know, having, or coming back onto the podcast. I'm so happy that we finally got the scheduling figured out. And, um, thank you for, you know, all of your amazing tidbits that you gave everyone today. Cause I feel like everything that you said was so powerful and um, if you have any closing remarks, you are more than welcome to say them. Yeah. Again, thank you for having me on. I'm yeah. grateful that we were able to also get our schedules aligned yeah. and it happened in the best possible time. It did. You know, even though it could have happened at that time, it's yeah. happening now yeah. um, because this is the right time. Yeah. And, you know, if any of your viewers are looking for more consistency mm-hmm. in their personal life, I do have a free Facebook group yeah. that is dedicated for entrepreneurs having consistency yes. in their work and their businesses. Yes. And I'm going to put that in the show notes. Um, I'll get the link from you and we can put that in the show notes. And then um, if anyone listening is interested in working with Rachel, um, she, I'll put like all of your links for your website or your Instagram or whatever you want me to put down there. So make sure to look for that. But thank you for so sure. much. I appreciate you. And um, thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to the Blissing Out podcast. If this episode resonated with you, 
I would love to hear about it. Please leave a review below about something you learned. Hit subscribe, and as always, feel free to follow me on Instagram, at blissingoutblog. I look forward to your next time tuning in. Spread light.